Marianne, good morning. Thank you so much for doing this and having a chat with us about um, a very uncomfortable subject for a lot of parents and kids, I suppose. I think it's still uncomfortable even as a parent. Really? <laughs> Serious? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because we found out that you just recently had well, the, the talk, the puberty talk with your son who is about to turn 10. So mm-hmm. what prompted you to have that conversation with him in the first place? Uh, to be honest, I noticed there were changes. There were changes in him and he was getting more curious. And uh, TV, media doesn't help much because there's always so many things that are portrayed. So he'll ask me questions. So every time he asks me questions, I'd go to my husband and I say, we need to have the talk. And he'd go, okay. And then I'll just keep doing that until we finally did. La. Right. Thank but goodness. What do you mean by changes? though? Like, what, what exactly did you, did you notice? Okay, I first was the fact that he was getting very curious. So he'll ask me questions about his body. He'll ask me questions about things he see on TV. And then I'll, I'll notice the little changes in his body as well as he grows up. Because as we reach puberty, we know that you know things would uh, grow. Like, like a, a song in our favorite TV show, it tells you your body rearranges. There'll be hair everywhere, that kind of a thing. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> so I noticed. So you and your hubby obviously started to figure out how to even approach this. I mean, how did you approach it? Did you have to do a, a ton of research? Um, a little bit here and there. But the most important thing we wanted him to understand is that it's okay. It's completely normal. Everybody goes through it. So, yeah. Now, when, when you say that to him, though, I mean, like, when you first kick off the conversation with him, is he... Should he be the first one to ask or should you just launch into it and say, hey, okay, let's just get into it. Let's just talk about the changes that you're experiencing or should he just like ask first? I think best is to wait for him to keep asking these questions. So that kind of gave us an excuse to actually sit him down and talk about it because he was curious. But it's not just one talk, right? I mean, it's a... The talk can be broken into a series of <laughs> ongoing talks until now, right? I think eventually it'll be a series of talks, but we've just had one talk. But in between, if he asks us questions, then we'll have to explain to him uh, basically what's happening. So the the first, the, the, the talk was more an introduction? Uh, yeah, you can say that because we tell him about his body. We tell him about what's going to happen. And the most important thing is to respect, respect yourself and respect others because everyone's going to go through it. And eventually his classmates will have to go through it as well. And I think uh, that's the most important point that we put forth, the fact that you need to respect other people. And if you see, you know, we've all been 10-year-olds, right? You know that we're going to be making fun of people and and that's a really bad place to be in. So we told him that if ever you feel or you see a friend of yours going through this, it's okay to stand up for them. And it's okay to tell them, hey, you know what? It's normal. We'll all go through this. But so the did, respect was the most important part for us. But how did you know which topic to get into first? And, you know, usually was there a flow chart that you followed that you found in some <laughs> research that you did, you know, on how to raise a child who's turning into a, a grown-up? Uh, not really because uh, I... I don't know. I guess based on how we raised him and how we talked to him. So 
I guess in our minds we had like a mind map of okay, this is our body. What are we going to tell him? Okay, from your body, this is what happens, and then eventually we got to the birds and the bees and whatnot. So, oh, you actually yeah. went through that extent as well, not just about the changes in him. Yes, we did, but not like very insightful. Like it's like touch base only, lah, to right. tell him because eventually he has asked us how do babies come about and stuff like that, and we've always stuck to the fact that you know, uh. The stock will bring you. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Now, you have a son. Yes. Um, and I, in my mind, it would be easier for a man to deal with the son to talk about the changes that's going through his body. Why didn't you just push it to your hubby? Uh, I mean, considering you have a son. Why did I not think about that? <laughs> <laughs> Are you glad you didn't though? Are you glad that you were there for it for the whole thing as well? Um, okay, to be very honest, my husband works a lot. So most of the time, um, you know, my son's with me. So whenever he has these questions, it's always the first person who he's with and it's always me. So because he always comes to me, I, I, I spoke to my husband and I, I knew that from the get-go, we needed to do this together because as a couple, we're stronger together anyway. And if I leave out something, he'll back me up. And if he leaves out something, I've got his back basically. Lah. So in a way, it also kind of reduces the awkwardness. <laughs> so yeah. Because sometimes there's some awkward silences where you're like, I don't know how to approach this, right? <laughs> exactly, correct. <laughs> so I mean, how did your son take it? What was your son's reaction to this little talk? Okay, very interestingly, there were parts of him that he didn't notice were changing, but I've noticed it. And um, after we had the talk, he went to the mirror and he's like, he was examining himself <laughs> and he okay. came out to me and he's like, mom, you completely wasted your time because there's nothing wrong with me. I mean, there's nothing different with me. I'm still the same. You see, nothing's growing. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but you know, at least you know now what yeah. to expect. So he was like, yeah, okay. So like, wait for it. It will <laughs> happen soon. Yeah, exactly. So it won't come as a surprise. Now, for you, I mean, like, did your parents ever have this talk with you? When oh, you no. <laughs> I grew up in an era where every everyone was very reserved and conservative. So this was never something uh, they had with us. I guess they assumed that the school would take care of it. So yeah. But I mean, for us growing up in Asia, we like my mom and dad also probably never really out and out came out and told me about this stuff. But we watched TV in the US. I mean, even for people our age, I mean, it's our generation. They had that uh, talk. Yeah. Now, why do you think it's necessary for you to actually do this with your son, to actually have this talk? Okay, as a parent, I think um, it's better for us to approach the topic because we know them better than for them to find it out themselves. After all, they are a generation relying on technology and you can find anything and everything you need via your computer or your handphones, you know? So I don't want him to learn it wrongly and from the wrong sources and that would be the biggest mistake for me and that would be a complete failure on my part if i let that happen you know now boys and girls our generation let's talk about that how did we learn about it how did you learn about um coming of age um i think i experienced it myself and i remember experiencing it and feeling like 
oh my goodness, I am, you know, what's happening to me? You know, am I an alien? And I felt really, really out of place because I thought that, you know, this didn't happen to anyone and I was lost. So I remember being in that situation and I remember going to school and seeing people being made fun of and how that felt. It really killed your confidence. So I didn't want my son to go through that. So I just embraced it as I grew up and I, I figured that this is part and parcel of life until we got to uh, secondary school, I think. Because in our time, they only thought us this when we were in secondary school. And mm. I think, to be honest, it was a bit too late. So what what would have been ideal, you think? Which what which age range would have been the best to actually have this chat? Like the same time you're having a chat with your son? Yeah, I think 10 is a good age because they're not completely mature yet and they're not too childish so they are slowly understanding things and they're very curious so this is the best time to tackle it do you think it affected you though not having that chat with your parents i mean you said you were slightly afraid you felt like you were an alien did you feel like man if i only, if i only could speak to my mom or my dad about it i i would have been a different person i think yes but we also grew in grew up in an era where you know That that self confidence thing wasn't a big deal, you know. People didn't care. They they would call you fat, or they'll they'll point out your differences. So I think having that talk and telling me that it's okay, it's part and parcel of life, that would have helped. You know, it would help me grow up to accept my body and myself better. I Now, think in the long run, it affects you. Yeah, because I I think the way boys grow up i think it's a little bit different also because we did we never had the i think it's really great what you're doing because we never had the opportunity to know what girls go through all we know is that oh they have when they when they become women they 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 stain in a way right that's all yeah. we know because we came i came from a very from a boy school mm. so do you tell do you teach your son about what goes uh through a woman i mean for girls as well Okay, that's a very interesting question because um, in school, they actually learned about this. So he came back home one day and he told me, Mommy, do you know that girls have eggs in their belly or our mummies have eggs in their belly? And if uh, that egg doesn't turn into a baby, it will fall off as, uh, as blood. Then I'm like, okay, so what's the whole process like? And But he, he kind of missed parts of it and he didn't quite understand. Mm. He thought that, If that that egg did not drop, you will eventually just get pregnant, you know. So he was telling me that, "Mummy, maybe don't let your egg drop so that you can be pregnant." <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I'm like, "Okay, so it doesn't work that way." So this is what prompted me to have that talk as well. So we told him exactly what happens for girls and what happens for boys. Because to be honest, I don't know what really happens for boys other than your parts growing and changing and you know, hair growing and stuff like that. I don't really know what physically and mentally and emotionally you have to go through. Yeah. So that's why having my husband there was actually important as well. But also it's great for you to tell him about how girls feel as well. You mentioned Correct. the respect side of things, right? Yeah. Now, um, about the eggs that you mentioned earlier. So the introductory uh, chat that you had with your son was about his body changing, go look in the mirror, you're going to notice things, right? But then also about the eggs, was that when you had the chat about the birds and the bees as well or you're leaving that for later? Um, we did. We did. 
it actually led to that. So we had to make him understand that um, it doesn't just happen that way. You don't just get pregnant uh, because your egg did not fall off. So that's how it led to that point and how babies are made. But he's nine, about to be ten. Is is <laughs> do you, isn't that too much for a child to absorb? I think at this point, because it's very playful, it will eventually just fall out of his mind. But for us, at least he knows. And if eventually he comes to a point where he, it, it prompts him again, he'll remember. Yeah. Now, let's cuss a lot of parents. <laughs> I can see that you're very uncomfortable yeah, having this talk. Cause, exactly. Because <laughs> trying to reach this topic, just talking about puberty uh, has always been... And, I grew up in a very different environment, right? Where anytime you mention about the talk, uh, everybody would get very tense, parents included. And you, you actually said that. Now, I don't have my own kids. And still, it's rather uncomfortable for me. So okay. from a parent of a child who's actually going through this right now, what advice would you give to parents who are still feeling that that feeling uncomfortable speaking about puberty? I think um, mentally you need to be prepared. Um, you know, speak to your children. If they ask you questions, remember these questions because um, these questions will always be in their mind. Because, like for my son, right, that egg part is always in his mind and he keeps telling me. And that's why I knew that we needed to have this talk because if we did not, then, you know, like I said, he'll, he'll actually. Re- you know, go out there, research it himself. So I didn't want that. But as parents, it's going to be uncomfortable because uh, I could see it in my husband's face and I knew I was feeling uncomfortable. Was he feeling well. comfortable as well? <laughs> yes, because it's like, okay, how do we approach this? But how would he understand? And like I said, my son was very playful. So in a way, that kind of helped us, but that kind of got on his father's uh, nerves as well because he was just playing around. Right, right. <laughs> but, but yeah, you got to be mentally prepared for this and just, you know, keep poker face, lah, basically. Un- answer their questions and be very honest with them. So from They'll now- appreciate it. So from now, is it just going to be whenever he asks questions, then you'll answer? Or are you scheduling in another big chat and talk about, okay, son, let's talk about urges right now? <laughs> uh, no, there's no schedules. Thank goodness for that <laughs> one. Because that would be making it even more awkward. <laughs> but yeah, um, like we when we watch TV, if there are things that pop out and he asks me a question, I would answer it. Or yeah, stuff like that. Or if he learns it, and he's not very clear about it, and he comes and asks me about it, of course I'll tell him. Has there ever been a moment where a question that he asked was too tough, or are you preparing yourself for a time when he asks a question that you go, well, I really don't know. I might need some help from someone, like a, I don't know, a, a specialist, a child psychologist, or someone to actually help help you out? Um, It hasn't come to that yet, but... If it does, yeah, I'll, I'll, what I normally do is I'll tell him, okay, let me do some research first and then uh, learn how to explain this to you because I may know it, but I may not know how to explain it to you and he'll understand. Marian, thanks so much. So we have Shana's father of two girls aged 10 and 7 and uh, this is interesting because uh, as a father with daughters, Shana's, are you planning to approach the topic of puberty with your daughters? Are you going to be the one to do it? Nope. No, <laughs> straight up, just no. Straight up, So you no. think it's a job for the mom? Um, I, I wouldn't say, I'm just looking at my wife as the mom. 
I'm not sure about the rest of the moms, but I think Aisha would be the perfect person to speak to my two daughters about puberty and all that. Because I mean, she's I I think she's she she was brought up very very, you know, brilliantly by Ahmad and you know yeah. uh, Nina. Yeah. So I think I would let her, and I will just support. I've never done this before, and I don't know much about it. <laughs> how do you plan to support uh, Aisha, and how do you plan to support the mom? I think uh, maybe sharing it from the guy's perspective, you know, right? Um, so that she can understand uh, puberty is not only for female; it's also something that male, you know, men go through or boys go through. So I can give her the boy's perspective, uh, so that she can understand both. Now, if you had boys, though, I mean, would it have been very different? Would you step out to take over to talk with them instead, or are you, are the two of you, the mom and dad, planning to do this together in this case as well? Um, I'm just going to take Aisha's cue on that. When is that conversation going to happen? I'm not sure yet. But I guess with if I had boys, I would probably lead that conversation, and Aisha will be supporting it from the, you know, girl's perspective. So I think it's. Um, if it was boys, it would be me leading. If it was girls, um, she would lead. It. What? Why yeah. do you think that should be? The I mean, father speaking. So, cause from an emotional point of view and also from a physical mm-hmm. point of view, you think that uh, it would be more like you can relate better. Yeah, I think it's that, and also um, simply not knowing enough about it. And I think there are certain points or certain things that. Um, is more important for her to know rather than what I see it from a guy's perspective. So um, I would then, you know, think that it would be better if, if if I wanted to lead it, then I would have to really read it up and also understand it from Aisha, so that um, I can I can be aligned to her in that way. Um, so for me, there will be a lot of things that I have to catch up on and um, understand a little bit more. If I wanted to lead that conversation, so it's not a, a gender thing for me, but it's just um, understanding and knowing how to approach the matter that is more important. If I was the one who had that, I would probably lead that conversation too, you know. Right. But I think yeah, Aisha is doing a great job there, so I'll just support. <laughs> whenever Aisha's not around, whenever the mom yeah. uh, is has is out, and then the girls are just with you, right? Yeah. Have they ever asked you questions about? changes in their bodies or other things that you go oh wow it's a bit beyond me I don't know do you ever say wait for your mom to come back or do you just try to attempt it I I actually this one happened before because Soraya actually asked me before this kind of questions um, and how I answered her was that I'm not too sure about girls but I can tell you what happened to boys and then later you can ask your mom about girls So how do you, like what I mean like when you say I know what how it happens to boys what kind of questions was it So the question was uh, how come uh, boys um, voice still changes after a couple of you know after they grow up a certain age so what happens in that why suddenly their voice changed so then I had to talk, speak to them about okay that is also a, a sign that a, a boy is going through puberty when his voice changes And this is what happens to boys when they go through, you know, growing up to be an adult. What triggered it? Though? I mean, what what triggers her usually? What triggers your girls to actually ask certain questions? Sometimes do they watch something on TV? Yeah. No, for me it was her cousin. 
she saw her cousin's voice, her el- a slightly elder cousin, about uh, five or six years older. And suddenly mm-hmm. when she was growing up, she suddenly realized that this boy or this cousin kind of changed a little bit in his way, in his voice. Um, he's a little bit more uh, reserved. Once upon a time, he was, he, was, he was like a kid, you know. And then suddenly certain things started changing with him emotionally, physically as well. So that was when he, she triggered the question. She wanted to find out why, why suddenly my cousin has, you know, changed a little bit. Right. So that was how the conversation started. So for boys, this is what happens. For girls, yeah. it's a bit different. But Correct. at no point do you ever try to attempt to answer it, right? I mean, from no. a girl's point of view, right? <laughs> well, from, yeah. from my point of view, you never say that. Yeah, I try not to uh, simply because maybe, you know, um, I, I know that Aisha um, has a certain, you know, terms that she wants to use, certain words that she wants to use with regards to this topic. So for me, I'll let her lead it. And then once I hear it, I'll be able to, you know, be aligned to it and repeat whenever I need to. Lah. So you are <laughs> planning to sit in because it's a learning experience for you as yeah, well. Yeah, man. Right? Exactly, exactly. Because I, I mean, think I, I want to. I'm, I'm kind of excited about it, but, you know, at the same time, uh, be a support, you know. Don't, right. don't, don't come in and suddenly take over you're excited about it because a lot of parents are slightly um what without they don't know what to expect so they're very Mm. fearful of it in some cases yeah but Mm. you're excited yeah because i think one of the best times of a person's life is teenage life you know so emotionally physically a lot of things are going to be going through you know suddenly life becomes a little bit tougher and a little bit more weird in so many different ways so I'm kind of excited for her to go through that experience. Um, so yeah, I am. I, yeah, I, I do get some of my friends who, you know, uh, try and avoid the conversation as much as possible. Um, so I can understand that it's not for everyone. <laughs> right. Maybe I get excited over the little things. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, it's a rite of passage for both the kids and exactly. also for the parents, right? Exactly. But you know, uh, there's a girl, I, there's this girl I know who actually showered with her dad until mm. she was almost like 12 years old. And mm. what do you think of stuff like that? Do you think it's a good idea? Um, I am, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that kind of an open person. Like, right, I think yeah. There, there are I think certain th- things that, in, you know, I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't subscribe to. And one of them, one of them is that. I think um, my... The last time my kid was in the shower with me was when they were three, I think. Wow, you know, okay, right. that point, you know, because um, I think maybe at a certain age, they can visually remember things already. Um, so I try to avoid that. Lah. But I can, I, I, I definitely do see some parents who are very open and, you know, um, about this kind of stuff, but not me. Lah. <laughs> so it was a conscious decision by you to say, look, at a certain age, we're not going to do it anymore because they will remember and then they'll say, oh my goodness, is it because they they might ask you awkward questions about your body? Yeah, because I think the kids' uh, kids' curiosity, uh, the mind's, mind's curiosity is a lot faster than their maturity. Mm. So sometimes certain information, uh, certain knowledge uh, is applicable at a certain time, not not too early, but the mind is already curious about it. So I try and uh, have certain conversations be a little bit later and I actually tell them that, you know, I think you need to be able to understand and grasp things better before you um, understand this information. So wait till you are a little bit older 
And when I feel that you can accept or you can grasp it, then we can talk about it. Mm. You know, mm. sometimes so I, I I just think like that lah. And it's 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 completely valid as well. But sometimes mm. I always think. Like it's easier for boys going through puberty, and again, I'm not. It it's a it's a horrible blanket statement, but I think it's mm. easier for boys to go through um, puberty than it is for girls because sometimes it can be yeah. slightly traumatic in some cases yeah. uh, when the mom's not around for whatever reason, and it happens mm. the mm. first time it happens. Yeah, and yeah. That, how if 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 it does happen to you, how would you handle that? Would you be the one to actually just go to get like sanitary pads and stuff? Yeah, I think with regards to the physical aspect of support, like going out to get her sanitary napkins and all that, I think that's not really a challenge for me. I think I'm I'm okay doing all that, um, and I'm I'm I I will just go and ask the the pharmacists <laughs> to support me and tell him tell them exactly what's going on. I'm sure they'll be they'll be able to give me whatever that I need. Uh, but I do I do agree that um, when boys go through it. It's not such a, it's not such a big thing. Not not that much preparation that needs to be done. I think boys get away with so many things easier. Yeah, you know, I mean, what's the worst? Your voice starts to squeak a bit before it actually starts uh, getting lower. But girls, yeah. it it, I mean, for girls they bleed, and yep. have they exactly. ever? So when did you have you ever had a chat already about? Kind of like try to ease them in, or is there one particular moment where Aisha is going? We're going to have to talk with them at this particular moment. We're not even mm. going to broach the subject now. Mm. I think Aisha has uh, spoken to Soraya a couple of times about it. Um, there were some times when I was there, and she was, um, and I was just listening. Um, so it's a it's a process that is you know slowly incepted into her such that you know when it, it, it happens she would understand and for us uh, one of the um, fortunate thing for us is that um, Soraya actually has uh, another cousin uh, who is about two years older right so she is going through it so a lot of questions actually I think Soraya I would assume Soraya will be asking her as well so um, she is um, being prepared by the mom but at the same time she's also Taking a look at a uh, real life example, which is her cousin going so, through it, because it's it's kind of like uh, learning from your peers in a way. Mm, Two years older, yeah. but still a peer, right? Exactly, exactly. I think that's that's how we learn a lot of things as teenagers as well. You know, there's suddenly the influence of friends and rel- and uh, relatives who is going to come in and uh, give different points of views and share with you what's going on in their life as well. So it's not just the parents anymore. Yeah, which also slightly worries me because I remember growing up, speaking of peers and whatnot and learning things, especially for boys, like I don't remember a time when my mom and dad actually sat me down and spoke about the birds and the bees and puberty mm-hmm. with me. And then I had to learn. I, I, It's a boy thing. We would learn from friends and guys talk and whatnot, right? Did your parents ever have the talk with you when you were growing up? Nope. So how did you learn and- about it? And I was in a, I, I was in a boarding school, man. And I was in an all boys boarding school. So yeah. So I was it awkward? Learning I mean, learning that. about your own body going through changes, uh, becoming a man. How how did you learn about it back then? Yeah, man. And there was no Google, <laughs> so you had to actually ask another human being about it. Yeah. <laughs> was it awkward? So hey, dude, how how what? Why is this happening to me? Was was those some of the questions that you had to ask? Yeah, I, I mean, we were. Um, I was in boarding school since I was thirteen, 
So um, a lot of us were going through that together, you know. So um, awkwardness, I wouldn't say so because, um, but, you know, the curiosity and, you know, people started bringing in all kinds of magazines to share and right. talk about this yeah. and all that. It's such a guy so, thing, yeah, right? kinda, yeah, such a guy thing, right? And then kind of uh, lead us to become a little bit more curious, you know, about, oh, this is different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we learned it together. So, yeah, of course, there's this awkward jokes that we, you know, uh, trash talk each other about it and all that, typical boys. But in the end, I think everyone was just slowly absorbing it and grasping whatever that they could, like, you know, from whatever information they can find. Definitely did not ask the teachers or anyone like that. <laughs> Cikgu, no why? I'm like, that is so uh, awkward. Right? Yeah. That would be so awkward. <laughs> but fortunately, I mean, both of us, you and I, I mean, we, we, I mean, we learned through our peers and everything you mentioned just now and we ended up being relatively okay. I mean, we grew up relatively okay. normal, right? But do you <laughs> think you would have been different or you would have been better equipped to handle uh, puberty if your parents had had that talk with you? I, I'm just thinking right now if I remember myself as a, as, as a 13-year-old or a teenager back then, um, I would say that if my dad was trying to tell me a hundred things, I would probably register two. Right. Simply because, you know, the teenage rebel and I want to learn things myself, you know, don't need to be listening to you. Yeah. And all that reb- rebel energy. So even if my dad were to have that conversation with me, I don't think I would be registering a lot of things if I had that kind of energy. So I'm kind of glad that my dad didn't go, didn't speak to me about it. Um, because, yeah, the rebel would just not listen to him. Or was it also because of the Asian culture thing where we just don't say much? Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm, my, my dad is that, that. My, my dad is that um, very conventional, conservative Indian Muslim guy who, you know, doesn't talk about this kind of stuff. You know, The only thing that I remember him talking about when we had dinner last time when I was a teenager, suddenly the topic of girlfriends came up. And um, his response to me was with a very poker, stoic face saying, um, don't talk about it until you graduate. Wow. And that was the end of the conversation, bro. You know, that's how you know, right. conservative he is. But yeah, it's, it's all good. It was all good. It yeah, didn't it, stop us from doing whatever we needed anyways. <laughs> like, good talk, Dad. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Let's just awkwardly eat our rice right now. Yeah. <laughs> Now, what do you think, I mean, like, or, or even so, why do you think it's important as a dad, as a father, to set a good example of the opposite sex for your daughters? I think, exact, um, especially in today's world, I completely understand that I need to be a lot more open about these kind of conversations because if I don't, um, she walks in, my daughters walk into their room with a phone and they're going to get all this information already. So I'm not too sure where they're getting this information from. You know, once upon a time, we were, during our time, our circle was pretty small, you know what I mean? It was just friends, neighbors, and family. It's not that we are communicating with someone who is speaking about this in the US or anyone like that. Mm. But today, you know, it's just a matter of seconds, her questions will be answered. But who answers them? That's where I'm a little bit more concerned. So I think, especially today's world, we need to be able to handle this kind of conversation before someone else does it. 
and the information is no longer aligned to our beliefs. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. At least you get to so, control the information so. that she's getting, right? Exactly. I know I can't control it forever, but I think, you know, like I said, you know, uh, maturity uh, steps in a little bit later compared to curiosity. So we need to handle that curiosity first such that when she's a little bit more mature, then she might be a little bit more open to all the different kinds of point of view out there. But in the beginning, maybe it's a baby step, you know? Yeah. And at Take least they can see, look, dad is a good man. This is what a good yeah. man should be. Uh, so whatever other information I'm getting out there, if it's not aligned to what my dad said, that means it's mm-hmm. it's it's bad, right? Yeah, exactly. Now I I don't think I don't think dads can be very close-minded nowadays. I don't think so, um, because the more you control, the more challenging it becomes. You know, because then you are just trying to stifle the the the, the curiosity and the rebel energy in a teenager. So you got to be able to dance with that. So I think nowadays that's have to be a little bit more open to these kind of conversations, um, and not just do a don't date anyone until you graduate anything. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is probably what I would probably say if I had kids and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But jokingly, right now, you know, my some my 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 daughter once in a while she'll ask, "Hey, Papa, when's a good time?" Uh, to have boyfriends and girlfriends and I said when you're 35 <laughs> right now it's a joke <laughs> yeah, but I know it will come <laughs> yeah, eventually it will happen right yeah, it will happen exactly now Shana's in your opinion as a dad I know early on you mentioned that uh, the dad's role is to support if you have daughters your dad's role is to support mm. the mom when mm. it comes to talking about um, puberty coming of age the birth and bees Uh, in your opinion, though, what else is there? I mean, what's the most important role that a father plays or should play when it comes mm. to daughters? Not just talking, mm. not just talking about it, mm. but when it comes to mm. daughters as they come of age. Hmm. I always tell my daughter this: that um, you have a mom and a dad for a reason. The mom is your source of unconditional love. You are going to learn how to love someone unconditionally by taking a look at your mom. But what you're going to be learning from your dad is a little bit different, because your dad will add in the elements of logic and rationale into it, so that and you know, uh, so that when you f- go fully unconditional love, um, there is a possibility that you might get hurt. Mm. So my job is to actually prepare her mind for that, so that she understands that unconditional love can exist. But at the same time, in this world, uh, you need to use your mind as well to ensure that you try and avoid getting too much hurt mm. in the process of loving. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that is my role that I, I remind her of. Uh, a lot prepping them for is, real world correct correct because it can it can happen you know unconditional love can exist in the real world uh, but at the same time being unconditional um, opens up to a lot of uh, failures and hurt as well mm. so my job is to kind of prep her for that you know because yeah. that is when it gets very um, draining and very Emotionally uh, unstable sometimes. Yeah, 
Janas, mm. lack of a better word. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you personally have any advice for dads who are currently uh, going through the same thing where their kids are probably also in around 10 years old and uh, they are struggling with this? Like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I don't know how to talk to my kids about this. What would be that piece of advice to them for just the dads when they, when they eventually have to do that talk? I think um, one thing that I would love to um, do with my kids is to always be able to relate with them with what they like and what they love. Mm. Um, personally, for me, um, if they are into a certain game, or if they are into a certain uh, series or movie, I want to be listening to it. I want to be watching it and I want to be playing it with them um, simply because I want to understand what they like. So I think for dads out there, if I could not really give my two cents worth is to not resist so much of the things that they like by listening to another adult talk about it. Mm. So you got to listen to how they feel about it and see whether we can dance with it or not. And I think if, if that can happen, then friendship will happen between the, uh, the father and the son, you know. And I think that is also an important part in the relationship as well. To be a guardian, to be an advisor, and at the same time knowing that you can also be a friend. So um, I think I look forward to one day whenever, you know, whatever it is that Soraya is into, whatever games that she's into, whatever uh, movies and songs that she's into, especially songs right now, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's because I cannot relate. Whatever that they're listening to, I'm like thinking, my God, no. Who creates that kind of songs? You know, it's a two-minute song with three verses on it. Yeah. What, what? That's not a song. Yeah. No? Yeah, but my adulthood, my old man will say that. But then at the same time, I need to be able to understand why is it that she likes it so much. Yeah. So that would be my two cents advice for dads out there, you know. Be involved. Be a friend. Uh. Yeah. Uh, be a, be a friend. friend uh. not, not be a guardian all the time, you know. It's tiring for the son and for the father. <laughs> right, yeah. Shanas, yeah. thanks so much sure. for this chat and thanks for being so open about things. Thank you so much for having me, bro.